This is the Book Marketing Action Podcast, and I'm Becky Robinson. Since 2012, my team and I have partnered with more than 100 authors to launch more than 150 business books. On this podcast, I'll share the best insights and actionable ideas from our work so that you can implement sustainable activities to reach your goals for your book. Whether you are a seasoned author looking to breathe new life into your book or someone who dreams of writing a book someday, this podcast will help you be more successful in getting results as an author. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. I'm your host, Becky Robinson, and I mentioned on a previous episode that we are coming very close to the end of our third season of this podcast. We are planning for our next season in 2023, and I would welcome any suggestions of guests or topics that you'd like to hear from us in the upcoming coming season. But I am thrilled today uh, as we end season three to have the chance to talk to Dennis Patoko. And I have been following Dennis's work online for many years. He's been on the edges of my consciousness of uh, the content that he and his community are creating and putting out into the world. And so I want to give Dennis a chance to introduce himself and to share with you about uh, what he's up to in the world. Thanks, Becky. I really appreciate the opportunity to be your concluding guest, for lack of a better term. But um, I go by the title Chief Reimaginator for 360 Nation. And I think what that means, I need to define what 360 Nation is. Effectively, it's the outgrowth of a vision we had many years ago, uh, which I'll cover. But today, if somebody said, well, just give me the back of an envelope, what is 360 Nation? We're three things. We're a publishing enterprise. We publish a whole bunch of articles. We, that part of our division has been around from the beginning. It's about almost 11 years old now. We've won several awards. We've got, as of this morning, we just crossed over a thousand writers on six continents. Um and we published just about 30,000 articles over those years. So that's where our roots came from. Uh, we have what we call a multimedia enterprise, which is 360 Nation Studios. And it's kind of an outgrowth of the writing where we wanted to give people that wrote the opportunity to amplify their voice through video. So we do a lot of work there. And then the third thing, which doesn't get in much of the uh, headlines, but we've been doing from for a long time, it's a separate website connected to ours that we launched called GoodWorks 360. And that's all about being able to say to any nonprofit anywhere in the world, if you need help, we will help you and it will always be for free. Uh, and those worlds interconnect and they can sit, there's intersections all along the way in everything we do. Uh, I think the big distinction about you know, what's the difference between us and any other major media website? When I say major, that's usually a function of volume. We're going to probably hit about 3 million visitors this year. We've never been about volume, but Google tells us what we get. But the difference between us and virtually every other major enterprise that looks like us is everything we've done from day one has been for good, not for for-profit. There is no business plan. There is no marketing. There are no pop-ups. We don't sell you anything. Uh, we do everything we do for good. And as I've said to many people, it's not an occupation, it's an occupation. And I'm blessed to be able to say that. Wow. Well, that's a lot. So I want to unpack it a little bit more, uh, Dennis, and I'm going to go in the direction of my curiosity. <laughs> so, uh, when you talk about good works, uh, 360 and helping nonprofits for free, what type of help are you giving to those nonprofits? Um, uh, 
Virtually, you know, if you look at a nonprofit, and I say that because I've been involved in nonprofits, everything from on the ground delivering meals, which my wife and I have been doing for years, to being the chairman of the board. So we've seen it from all angles. And I think what a lot of people may not understand is uh, two things. Nonprofits are effectively small businesses, but the key di distinction is there the talent within a nonprofit is rarely the same type of polished talent that you see in a small business because a lot of the talent comes from volunteers that work their way into the system and they're good people and they've got great passion but everything they do looks like a nonprofit sales marketing fundraising social media web hr so we said let's take the small business model for a nonprofit and let's find a way to get the skill sets on board virtually to be able to say to a nonprofit in either Boise, Idaho or Mumbai, India, if you need help, we can help you virtually using the tools that like we're using right now, Becky, all the tools available to us. And uh, so that's that's the distinction between um, we see it between nonprofits and the world. People don't understand what makes them up. A great uh, indication of that was what happened during the pandemic. Uh, I cannot tell you how much. Uh, work we did with nonprofits when the pandemic hit, because unlike a number of businesses, they didn't really have a crisis management team or a plan or a backup. So this avalanche came at them. Where I'll give you a great example. We deliver meals here in Tampa for one of the largest meals on wheels in the country. And suddenly you couldn't have contact with the people you're delivering. Well, you got to hand them their meal. Uh, so you had to reinvent the way a nonprofit most of our consulting work with GoodWorks during the pandemic switched from boots on the ground type virtual, you know, how do I build my internet presence, for example, to conversations between me and the uh, executive directors. They wanted to talk to somebody that had kind of been in business before and could just hold their hand and help them with some, I'll call it casual advice, or just tell them it's gonna get better and here's what we would do if we were running it. So interesting shift but um, that's, how, that's how we roll. Uh, thanks for sharing about that. It's uh, truly inspiring to think about the ways that you've been able to give back. Um, and I want to shift for a moment because, you know, this is a book marketing podcast and, you know, Dennis and I uh, talked before we started the recording, he has had the chance to contribute to some compilation books. But the reason why, you know, it, that kind of author marketing thing isn't what your focus has been. Um, but the reason why I thought it was critical to bring you on the podcast, Dennis, is because you've done something that every author wants and needs to do, which is you've built massive audience for ideas through your work at 360 Nation. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about, you know, driving uh, 3 million website visits, is that in a year, in a month, um, in a lifetime? I'm not sure. It's in a year. In a year. So, you know, what uh, author does not want to drive that kind of traffic to their ideas. So what I'd love to do for most of this interview is to dive into how did you create that audience at 360 Nation? What are the secrets of building this vibrant community? Because as it relates to book marketing, authors always hear, you know, you need to build a platform. Now yeah. we could say that you've built a platform, Dennis, but I know from watching you online that what you've built instead is a community. It's a place where people are mutually supportive. Um, I'm going to brag on Dennis for a minute. Um, <laughs> Over this past year, he and his wife actually took their community 
face to face and went around the world to meet many of the people who have been contributing content to yes. their publishing enterprise. So, you know, this is truly uh, real relational connections that you're building with people that's driving the success of uh, the enterprise. So tell me, how did you get started building an online presence? Um, let's start with that. We completely broke the model of what you would expect me to say right now. And here's what I mean. Probably the number one question I get, uh, the bigger we get, you know, we get more writers coming on board or people that want to collaborate with us. And then my question is, well, what's your business plan? I said, we don't have one. What's your model? We don't have one. How did you get started? We can tell you that. And uh, that came from a, a, a number of things. First of all, I spent 30 years in a different world. I was in banking for years. I was an accidental banker. It wasn't my idea of a vocation. I just got into banking when I was young, didn't have a college education, stuck with it, worked my way up and be became um, uh, relatively successful in banking and then moved into some other things in the financial world around the world. But um, I didn't want to do that. I was doing it because I needed to have a job, not because I wanted to be a banker when I grew up. Got out of that operated some businesses around, started businesses, sold them, and finally got to the point where I sold everything. On my last business being in England, where I met my wife, we moved back here to Tampa Bay. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, but we moved here to Tampa. And Becky, the best analogy I can give you, it's like the dog that's chasing the car. We caught the car. Now, what do you do with it? We were too young to retire. We could. Um, so we had choices. And so we did a lot of morning walks around the community. We still do that today, but that was our quiet time away from the noise to say, all right, now, what are we going to do with our time? We were too young to stick with um, Sudoku and crossword puzzles. <laughs> we talked about what do we enjoy doing? Well, we enjoy traveling, but you want to keep your mind active too. We like nonprofits and we've always wanted to do something with them. So that all came together on this notion of what if we, well, we start, we wanted to travel. So we said, we're going to travel intentionally, not business travel, where you see the uh, airport, the meeting room, the taxi, but you can't say much of where you've been. I can tell you I've been to South Korea in my business days, but I can't tell you anything about South Korea. Great example of missing an opportunity. So we said, we're going to travel intentionally, which means we're going to travel outside of America. We'll come back to America someday and discover that. But we want to see the rest of the world so we can see America through that lens Plus, we wanted interested in parts of the world. We've done a lot of that. We wanted to get involved in nonprofits. So we started volunteering locally. And again, we went into the all the way from the volunteering to the board level to the this and that. And we ultimately launched the nonprofit thing as a subset of all of that. But the core operation has always been publishing. And our theory back then, when we took those walks, again, we're going to travel. We're going to do nonprofits. Well, what else are we going to do? Well, we're going to build a website. Well, what's our background? We got no, no technology background. Kind of have an interest in writing and reading, but I'm not a writer. So we said, let's do something different. Since we're not going to be doing it for profit, since we don't need a business plan, since we don't have a board, since we don't have to please a marketing committee, let's look at the publishing model through the eyes of a number of people that I happen to know back then through LinkedIn and otherwise, that were writers. I said, you know, who do you write for? And, you know, they would say, well, I write for Forbes or I write for the Huffington Post. So one by one, we talked to them and said, tell us 
where the pain points are. In other words, what gets on your nerves writing for these people? Well, the best story I can tell is from one of our first writers on Biz Catalyst, and it was from a lady that's based up in uh, North Florida, of all places, didn't know her at the time. Um, and she said, let me give you an example of the difference between what you're building and what I'm doing right now, writing for Forbes. And she was one of those members of Forbes that has that special designation. I forget what they call them, but you kind of pay a fee and you get a badge. And she said, Dennis, I will write a great, and this lady is a great article. She's a great writer. She's a human resources expert, been in the business a long time, had published books, but she wanted the Forbes credential. She said, I'll write an article for Forbes today. It might be 1,500 to 2,000 words. I'll send it off to Forbes. About six weeks later, it'll get published. Between now and then, it will go through a series of editorial hurdles, which means I'm gonna, I keep getting it back from what she called junior editors, and they would mark this up and mark that up. And she said it was a little bit insulting because I know how to write, but I had to be, do that for Forbes. Um, and she said, and then, of course, they would count the words. It had to be so many words. And, of course, they would tell me that I've got to submit an article at least once every so often. All that. She said the end result was after six weeks, the article that I wrote would be published. It wouldn't quite resemble how I wanted to say it because it had been edited so much. And she said the frustrating part is after every paragraph, there would be a pop-up or a, some kind of an advertorial for some other, other thing on the fourth site. She said, so I was kind of a marketing machine for Forbes. She said, the difference is when I send it to you, and this kind of goes back to how we got started, the speech we give to Becky, if Becky's a writer for us and wants to start writing next week, is Becky, here's the rules. You can write about whatever you want. You can write whenever you want um, in however many words you want, as frequently as you want. It can be poetry. It can be a podcast. It can be a video. Um, it can pretty much be whatever you want. Uh, we don't have a bunch of editors looking at words. We trust you know how to write, but we will look at it for spelling and grammar. That keeps you looking good. It keeps us looking good. We don't want you to do any of the behind the scenes work. So no, you don't have to log in and do anything, Becky. Just send it to us. And if you've already written it before, we're going to do what no other website will do. We'll republish it if you're still comfortable that it's current and give it more life because we all know that the average life of an article, whether it be on LinkedIn or elsewhere, is pretty short these days given the volume coming through. So we're going to bring your old writing to life and give it a lot more visibility, which gives you visibility. And that may just buy you some time to write some new stuff. We don't require that it be new. The only The only distinction between old and new to us is if it's brand new and you're to thank you for doing that for us, sending us something brand new, we will put it at the front of the publishing queue. Otherwise, everything is first in, first out. Now, we kept, we, we built that model, and this lady's name was Carol. So Carol could send us an article about human resources tomorrow, and it would be published within a day or two versus waiting six weeks, being edited, being word counted, and being required to do it every month. The pressure we found on writers to have to do these things and account their words and do it, that kind of that creates that thing, I guess, called writer's block. Now, quick summary, the writers told us in the beginning, what you're creating is um, a writer's nirvana. Now, that's those words, their words. We didn't know that, Becky. We just figured if I just said to Becky, just write, write whenever you want. We didn't know what would happen. Well, here it is. Well, almost 11 years now. And again, we've got 
just over a thousand writers as of this morning. We just did a press release. We've published almost 30,000 articles across six continents and we just keep growing. And again, there's no model behind that. It's just reacting to what you might save me the form, Becky. I'll make a note and say, well, that's an interesting thought. We should go do something with that because we have the luxury to execute. We've taught ourselves how to do the website thing so we can launch something very quickly because we're not sending it out to have somebody else do it for us. And we're not doing that for a reason. We didn't want somebody else to build this because it would look like what everybody else was doing. So for those who might not be familiar, Dennis, could you give a little background when you talk about the 30,000 articles that you've published over the last yeah. 11 years? That's Tell us the name of the domain where people could find those articles and tell us, you know, frankly, there might be authors listening right now who would want to become writers for you. So yes. what? tell us how someone would get started. Of course. Thanks for that question. Uh, the website is bizcatalyst360.com, www.bizcatalyst360.com. Once you get there, it'll cover everything I've spoken about, who we are, what we do, the studios we run, the nonprofit, everything on there. Uh, if you're interested in writing, the best advice we give to everybody, and this is whether you're an experienced writer, whether you've published books, or whether you're maybe doing your own little blog, or maybe you're just starting to write we welcome that entire spectrum. Um, what we ask you to do is to simply uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn. That's the best first step. Once we connect, we can then start communicating and we'll get you on board. Are there any particular topics uh, that Biz Catalyst 360 is known for? You know, you mentioned Carol writing about HR. Yes. So are these all business focused articles that um, would be relevant for our nonfiction listeners? No, another brilliant question. If you asked me that question when we first started, say 10, 11 years ago, I said, I'd say, Becky, about 98% of what we publish is business because that's what we knew back then. So it was human resources, it was sales and marketing, it was leadership, it was you know all that stuff. But what happened is we kept reacting to our audience, again, because we didn't have a model, we just kept going where the audience was going. And 10 years ago, I'd say 98% business, today i say 90%, 98% everything else and 2% business. We welcome business, but what's happening, and maybe this is the evolution of social media and the changing world is we, the most popular, let me back up. When a writer comes on board and they say, what's resonating? Because people want to write about what's resonating. 10 years ago, I would have said, you know, a business topic having to do with integrity. Integrity was a hot topic. Today, it'll be authentic storytelling, just storytelling from the heart. Now, it may be related to your what you do for a business, but personalize it. Don't you know, don't talk about it as a third party. You might want to change names. You might be saying, you know, I was doing a consulting gig with Becky Smith. And Becky came into my office. And here's where we ended up going with that. And here's what I've learned from it. Now, that's authentic storytelling. I got to say, though, most of the storytelling coming in has nothing to do with business. And we saw a shift when the pandemic came. It's like all of a sudden, Becky, the world stopped and people had time to think. And it looked like they were looking inwards, not just because their businesses had changed. And they started digging deeper and they started showing alcohol more vulnerability in their writing. And we said, bring it on. Don't stop. We've got a home for it. So there is no top, no topic that we will not welcome. The only ground rules we have, you know, everybody has their pages of editorial guidelines. 
We say as long as it's respectful and not mean-spirited, send it to us. We'll publish it. And that gives people a lot of bandwidth. We don't do breaking news. You'll never see any date on our website because it's not about that. You won't see on our website how many people visited an article, which is on every website. People say, why is that? Well, because we've never been about volume. It's more about engagement which means you want to look for how many people have actually talked to you about your article. And I'm, I'm thrilled to say that we've got, well, we've got the highest engagement rate that we've ever heard of based on experts we talked to. What I mean by that is the number of comments per article written, we are told by the experts that if, let me use an example, if you publish 29,000 articles, if you do at least a 2,900, if you have at least 2,900 comments, that's about 10%, that's damn good. We've got almost 35,000 comments. So we've got more comments than we do articles by 120%. What that means is the formula is working. People do want to talk and they tend to start on LinkedIn or Facebook, but they come over to our website because we built, we spent a lot of time building a um, the ability to have a conversation. In fact, it's not even called comments, it's called conversations. So you could easily have what people think is a more intimate conversation on our website than you can in the glare of LinkedIn or somewhere else. So I want to get back to how did you grow the community? And I want to get at, you know, what are the secrets of success to build a thriving online community, Dennis, in your opinion and your experience? Without question, I mentioned the word engagement. It's not just about liking an article. A couple of things we did. We took the other part of publishing and did something no other publisher does. We actually share the articles before we send them to you. So Becky writes, we're going to send it to you, Becky. But by the time you get it, we've shared it across a large, not only LinkedIn in general, but we've been building LinkedIn groups for years. We've got 32 of them with about 300,000 members that we own. So we know that if we put those articles in those groups, they will be visible. Some groups are moderated, some you can't share everything. Well, we know we're going to give you at least the value of those groups. God knows how many other we belong to, and we're going to share it on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. So we're going to give you more opportunity to engage by sharing it for you. We do that because we've talked to a number of writers, and we've always scratched our heads and said, well, if Becky writes an article, why wouldn't she share it herself? A lot of writers say they don't like to feel like they're promoting themselves. So they really appreciate the fact that we open the door to engagement, and then they come in behind that. And what we've said to writers, you don't build a community just by sharing articles or liking something. If Becky's written something, you can like it, but dig in and ask her some questions. And then suddenly you and Becky are talking, and you're probably going to connect. And then other people, Becky knows and you know, are going to see that you're doing that. You're going to connect there. And over time, you start building this community. We call it a conscious community because, you know, a lot of people looked at LinkedIn and they say, well, that's just a job site. Well, maybe it was at one time. But what amazes us about LinkedIn is we've developed, and I'm sorry, we, our writers um, have blessed us with a, what we call a conscious community where they connect and they connect and they connect and they talk among themselves. We just happen to be on a platform called LinkedIn, but it doesn't matter that it's LinkedIn because we're using the technology they built to keep that engagement going. And it just continues to build off each other. Every single time we get a new writer, we introduce them to that community and we invite people to connect with them. And then we build upon that. And you can imagine with a thousand writers, how many times we continue to do that. 
So any other secrets to the success that you've seen uh, with 360 Nation, Dennis? Yes. Um, you got to be, and I say this to me about me, you got to be visible and you got to be vulnerable. And here's what I mean by that. I was on a podcast a couple months ago and people said to me, and a question I'd never gotten before, but it really made me stop and think. They said, what was the most pivotal moment or the aha moment in doing this for the last 10 or 11 years? And I said, you know, I never realized the magic of, of what I'm about to tell you, but it was there. You know, for the first seven and a half years, we're doing everything I just described to you, Becky, and it's going well and we're growing and prospering. Um and then we did something uh, that was different. We decided we were going to start a weekly Zoom call. Now, I know everybody and their brother were doing Zooms because pandemic. Well, we decided we were going to do it before the pandemic. We just happened to start around that time. And we're going to call it the Friendship Bench. And we're going to create a safe space. And I know everybody uses that word safe, but I think people on the bench will, can bring more meaning to it. And the idea was let's bring people together once a week every week, the same time, same location. You don't have to register, just show up and let's talk and let's be the place that we can all come and exhale. Now, we had no idea, like everything else we do, there was no model. We created it based on some reading I've been doing about this thing called a friendship bench that was started 20 years ago in uh, South Africa, which is a whole separate discussion. But the idea was let's bring people together and see what happens. And we would have a different topic every week. Well, that was two and a half years ago. Um, it's just taken on a life of its own. It's no longer something you might go to. Many people say it's on the calendar like a business meeting. They want to be there. There's no agenda, but it's their me time. And the pivot for us and for me was, if you ever watched the movie uh, Wizard of Oz, you might remember there's this, there's Dorothy and her friends and they walk into that big, castle, I guess, called Oz, or the city, or the town, and they find uh, the guy pulling the strings behind the curtain with this big booming voice. Well, hey, I'm the guy that was pulling the strings, but people didn't know who I was. They didn't see me. They didn't know if I had personality. They didn't know if I was a robot. I came out from behind those things and started the Zoom call, not because I thought it was, you know, a brilliant way to do things. It just be interesting. Well, suddenly I became accessible. I became vulnerable. I became visible. They got to know me. And that changed the nature of how we did what we do because we were more close to everybody. So it was going beyond the virtual connection. And now we're face to face. It isn't the same as what we've been doing around the world, meeting people in person on what we call our handshakes and hugs adventure. But it sure is better than just pulling the strings behind a curtain because now I became real to them. And that was a pivot that we didn't plan, but boy, it's been remarkable. Yeah, that uh, is powerful. And, uh, you know, I'm curious about participating. I bet my listeners might be too. I want to shift uh, briefly. One of the reasons I invited you on the podcast, Dennis, is that when we first had a conversation, we were talking about uh, my book, Reach, which came out about six months ago. And in my book, I talk about four key commitments that I believe are critical to helping anyone grow their online presence. The commitments are value, consistency, longevity, and generosity. And I'm hoping that we can wrap up our conversation, Dennis, and take a look at 360 Nation and really call out the way that a commitment to giving value to others, to showing up consistently, 
to building community over the long haul and to being generous with what you have has helped to fuel 360 Nation. So I'm curious, uh, comment on, on one of the four commitments. Which of those four do you think has been most critical to 360 Nation's success? Uh, I think you mentioned the word value. I did. Let, let, me, let me focus on that because we speak to a lot of writers. Um, well, a lot of writers. A number of them are going, going down the path of publishing a book. And as you know, that's, that's a scary world out there. Um, you don't know who to trust. It looks expensive. Everybody's doing it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. People come to us and say, can you help us with our book? And I say, you know, we don't do anything promotional because that's not what we do. But here's what we say to them. If you can provide value to our audience, we can provide value to you. Now, what does that mean? Well, if Becky's already written a book, maybe she's written one a few years ago. Maybe it's not a brand new book, but it's been out there for a while. It's getting a little dusty. There's a zillion books out since then. And yet it's a great book, but nobody knows it's there. We offer people two things. Number one, we will bring you on board as a featured contributor. That just means we're going to get your biography and all your social media links and everybody will know who you are underneath whatever you're going to write for us. But here's what you should write. Just take a chapter or a piece of a chapter, a thousand words out of that book, craft it into an article, which means you're going to deliver value from that book. It's not going to be a promotional article. You're basically sharing with them something that you wrote about that was important to you. And at the end of it, then we will be happy to put a button saying, and if you'd like to learn more about this, click on this and it'll take you to Amy, Becky's book on Amazon. Now, that's one thing we'll do. So take advantage of the work you've already done and all the hours that I know you put into writing that book and give it new life. If it's a brand new book and you're just going down the assembly line, don't be afraid to tease the audience by sharing a little value up front. Yeah, it's not published yet. It's coming. But here's what I'm going to be talking about. And then we'll put a link over your website if it's coming soon over there. The third thing we'll do with value is once the book is out there, let us know. We have a separate channel on our site. Again, our site is kind of driven by what's good for our writers. It's called Best Books 360. And it's any book that's been published by any of our writers, we will put it up on the site. It'll have a permanent space on that page. And it'll be a little bit about the book, a little bit about the author, and it'll be a button taking you to wherever you want to buy it. So all those things are value creation for the writer. Um, that inspires the writers to share more, inspires them to write more. It gets them kind of a, uh, it gets them into that community development before their book is even published or the old book they had before that's even out there. So they're connecting the dots by giving their audience something right up front. And since they wrote the book, they are well positioned to engage on that topic. Well, so, you know, as you're saying all this, you know, I'm I'm betting that my listeners are wondering what's the catch. So let's be absolutely clear, Dennis, you are not selling anything. So all this value that you're talking about offering to writers, it's all completely free. Thank you. For, thank you for calling. That's, that's probably the second most popular question I get. You know, wait a minute. There's got to be a catch here. You know, and we the, the best way you can find it, look, it's not there's no contracts. There's no catches. There's no invoices. There's no surprises. Now, I've been giving that speech for years. The early days, it was a tougher speech because, you know, we kind of live in a skeptical world. People think, particularly when it comes to I'll call it the overall media publishing world, they don't trust. I don't blame them. What I've said in recent years is, look, I can 
as my mother would say, I can give you that speech until the cows come home, but don't believe Dennis. Go to any one of our thousand writers that have been writing for us and ask them what their experience has been to confirm that it is as 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 much of a writer's nirvana as I just said. and that's that's the way we roll. It's like Popeye said, I am what I am. So let's talk a moment about generosity, Dennis, um, because I think you probably like glossed over this. I want to make sure our listeners are hearing it. What I heard from you is you had financial margin to be able to do what you wanted. Yep. You went in the direction of your interest in publishing and content. You wanted to create a space for writers to grow community. And you did that all with the resources that you had available to you. Mm-hmm. So you're generously sharing your financial and your time resources with this community. So tell me about what inspires that amazing and audacious generosity in you. You know, the other version of that question is what's in it for us? You know, why do you even bother? That's a great question to, for us to ponder. And again, we didn't know this. It started out I'm going to say a little bit selfishly saying, well, we want to keep our mind active. That's a great way to do it. Cause you know, building a website, you are never done, you know, uh, because there's just always something else you got to tweak advise. And then working with writers, you're learning a lot, reading 29, 30,000 articles. We've learned a lot, but the, the silver lining for us is something we didn't know we were looking for, but we found it. And I'm going right back to that conscious community. You know, I talked earlier, Becky, about our travels, Virtually everywhere we go in the world now, we know somebody. And since we're traveling anyhow, there is no better way than to be introduced to a new city, a new town, a new country than somebody that lives there. If I came to your city, Becky, you're going to send me in a direction that maybe some tourists wouldn't go because they wouldn't know. Or that's a waste of time, Dennis, go here. Um, And we discovered that and we're now taking advantage of it because as you kind of referenced in the beginning, we're doing what we now call our 360 Nation Handshake and Hug tour or we're traveling across america we're traveling across europe we just did that we just got back from two months over there and we are purposely meeting with our writers um to rediscover that magic that we've kind of lost through isolation part of it's because we were mandated to lose it because we weren't allowed to travel we couldn't get together and he had to wear a mask a lot of that's gone now But guess what? We've all gotten comfortable with the isolation because it's easier for Dennis and Becky to talk on Zoom than it is for them to go meet a local coffee shop if they were local. We realized that during these visits. So now we just can't get enough of that. It is truly magical how life is. You breathe life into a relationship just if you and I have a chance to shake hands, hug, whatever you want to do. And we've seen that bring relationships alive. And it's that's the payback. The friendships, you know, they were relation, they were writers, then they moved into part of our community. Now they're friends that we would gladly go visit. Dennis, thank you for sharing your passion for this community with us. I feel inspired in a new way to consider how I can engage with my community. And also, I frankly, I feel inspired to write for for you. Um, I don't know if that was part of uh, what you hoped for on this podcast episode, but I want to as we wrap up, give some action steps to our listeners. And the first one that stands out to me is if you're a nonfiction author who's looking for new audiences for your 
book or for your writing, I would encourage you to connect with Dennis on LinkedIn as an action step from this episode and find out how you might join 360 Nation. You know, as he said, you can contribute content. It can be new. It can be repurposed, um, but it can expose your work to a new audience. So that is the first action step that I'm going to recommend from today's episode. Uh, The second action step I'm going to recommend from today's episode is that idea of fueling the magic of in-person connection. And if you're listening to this episode, I want to to encourage you to think about, is there someone in your local area that you could collaborate with to share value, to build community, uh, to make a bigger difference? And I'm going to challenge you to overcome the inertia of sitting at home or being on Zoom calls to schedule an in-person coffee or walk in a park or lunch. So I hope you'll take me up on that challenge. And if you do, please email me, Becky at weavinginfluence.com. Tell me what you did or uh, take a picture with the person you meet and tag me when you share it on uh, your favorite social channel. Dennis, before we wrap up, I want you to again, restate the best ways for people to connect with you and to connect with 360 Nation. Of course. Thank you. Uh, And I just want to clarify something you mentioned earlier. If you're a nonfiction, we take fiction writing as well. Another, another opportunity to bring some of that storytelling in from a different nature. Uh, uh, on LinkedIn, it's Dennis Patoco, D-E-N-N-I-S-P-I-T-O-C-C-O. Just connect with me. I say yes to every connection. So don't worry about uh, it's hanging out there. And on our website, bizcatalyst360.com, much of in fact, virtually everything I've said and so much more is there. Just Get a big cup of coffee, come to the site and take your time strolling through it because we've just got so many interesting things going on. And one more time, everything you see there is for good, not for profit. Thank you so much, Dennis. And thank you for the way that you are giving what you have, your time, your energy, your money, your attention, your passion um, to others uh, to make the world a better place. And uh Hopefully all of us who are listening today will be inspired to think about what good we can do for others as well. Thanks so much, Becky. It's been a privilege. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Book Marketing Action Podcast. If you haven't already, I hope you'll buy a copy of my new book, Reach. Create the biggest possible audience for your message, book, or cause. When you buy the book, you'll unlock a free course of REACH resources with more than 50 additional learning resources available exclusively for those who buy the book. Find out more and find links to buy the book at beckyrobinson.com forward slash book. If you've already read the book, I'd appreciate an Amazon review. Thanks. 